A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. listening to the coming out tapes an audio archive of lgbt stories i'm your host Karis bradley and throughout this season i'll be talking to lots of different people from the community about lots of different things connected to coming out So, Open Barbers, can you tell me uh, what it is and how, how it started? I guess I'm looking to speak. Um, so, I'm Gregory. Um, so, Open Barbers was a project that started with me and someone called Clara, who now runs Barberette in Hackney and also in Prague, as I understand. Um, so, when we, we were introduced by some mutual friends, and but I was already cutting hair mostly in people's kitchens and bathrooms and even the bath. <laughs> and I was doing it from a history of not having haircuts myself that felt like they were, the hairdresser was understanding what I wanted. I turned away from barber shops, being not a man, going into hair salons, being given feminine hairstyles, because that was the assumption that that, was, that would be what was correct for me. So that was my experience, and then I decided to cut my own hair, cut other people's hair, do that whole DIY thing. And then mutual friends introduced me to Clara, and we literally went for one drink, and we were like, oh my god, this is a thing, we totally have to do this, because she was already qualified, and I wasn't, but I had enough experience. So we started doing like pop-ups um, in London, and uh, different like, events, like places like Bar Whatever, or um, I'm trying to think of what other places, like Bar Whatever was the main thing that hosted us, um, and the different spin-offs of their projects. So um, that was how we got started. And then it wasn't until um, Clara was encouraging me to get a qualification and to get more practice and experience. And I think because I hadn't been in a salon since 2000, or maybe even before, like 98 or something. Um, so I had no idea what salons were like and how they worked and <laughs> that kind of thing. So I decided to start volunteering for a local hair salon close to my house. And that relationship led to them trusting me enough to be 
keeping their salon open past hours, past opening hours. And they gave me a set of keys and um, they were like, feel free to use the space for your own purposes. Which was incredible, to be honest. Like, they didn't have any direct relationship to the um, ethos of the project. But the guy that ran the place, um, he just seemed to like me and seemed to like that I was trying to do something, do something useful. Um, and so they supported us to do that when we start, then we started like, renting the back room from them. So I think there came a point where the room, uh, sorry, there came a point where, because up until that point, I'd been working full time and doing Broken Barbers as a pastime or as a hobby or a kind of activism project. Um, and there came a point where, because they offered us some space that we could rent full time, we had to sort of think seriously, if we do that, then we, to be able to cover the rent, maybe we would need to be doing Open Barbers more. And so we had to make, we came to this decision, do we just maintain it as a part-time evenings hobby project or do we try and push it to another level? And then, so that was in around 2015, I think. Um, so that was the point at which it was like, there's too much potential here. I feel like there's so much more we could be doing um, in terms of services that we're offering and the uh, quantity of people wanting these services. So we just decided to take that risk and gave up my job um, and started to push it forward. Um, by that point, Felix was well on board working with me. Um, so you joined about a year in. Um, so I guess that's the kind of history of how we went from being a sort of hobby to a business. But then alongside that, um, I guess the history has also always been about making sure that we're as open and accessible and affordable project as we possibly can be. So when we first started, it was always about donations, not prices. Um, that system of sliding scale pay what you can afford still continues today. Um, and as much as people cannot believe that we can run a business off sliding scale pricing systems, we really do. So what do we think it is about hair that makes a project like Open Barber so important? Um, one of the things relating to when I was growing up, having said earlier that I, I always said I was a boy, I wasn't a girl. Um, but I know when there was a point where I sort of found out about people who transitioned and I did actually consider it. Um, I, but I remember very clearly there, was, there were two issues that definitely stopped me from going any further with processing those thoughts. One was my height in that I'm very tiny, I'm just about five foot and it's not great being a short female and I really didn't think it was going to be a better life being a short male. Um, and the other thing was the fact that I have always had long hair, I've occasionally cut it down to a bob, but I really didn't want short hair because I was very attached to the femininity of having long hair. Um, and so hair is just such an emotional attachment and has it evokes a lot of enormous feelings. Um, and having children who sort of don't really um, immediately appear to express the gender that they were assigned at birth. Um, I, have a, I have a middle child who at the moment identifies as female um, and has gone through puberty and her body is very definitely female depending on what clothes she's wearing but because she has short cropped hair she's almost always misgendered as male and we've gone through stages of her 
disliking it and not minding it and really liking it and so on. Um, and my son, who has very long hair, and he's only little, he's eight, and whenever we go out to eat, he's called Princess, and he doesn't mind because he likes princesses, but it's still it's still a confusion, and it's it's one of those things we find really quite perplexing as to why do people automatically look at you and decide on a gender, firstly, why at all, and then why do they pick a gender based on something as actually peripheral as the length of your hair um i think that is uh an interesting kind of idea so why why do you think that um sort of the way that we express ourselves can be a reflection of our gender or our sexuality and and what do you think sort of hair means to people who come to this space specifically I've had quite a few clients um, in the last few months um, and uh, you know, over the whole time that I've been here but I've remembered it from the last few months I've had quite a lot of clients who have come here for the first time and they've asked me quite specifically that they want me to make them look more gay or more queer um, with the haircut that we, we decide on um, and I'm sort of a bit um, I sort of um, I guess I'm a little bit hesitant around me making decisions about that for someone. So I sort of will often say, "What you know? What does that? What might that mean for you? Or what what do you think that might look like?" Because I don't think it's right for me to decide what a gay haircut looks like or what a queer haircut looks like. And I don't think there is one thing. Um, but it's interesting that there's been a few people lately who I don't know if anyone else in the team has experienced this. Um, but, um, yeah, like trying to figure out with that person what that, what that means and how that person um, wants in some way to, to signal their, their queerness with their hair. And I think that's great if people want to do that. Like I would support someone to do that. Um, I guess I just feel it's not, it's not for me to decide what that looks like, but it's, ex- it's exciting to me that they want to... Um, signal signal queerness with their hair and that might mean all sorts of different things depending on who they are and what else is going on for them um, but I guess it's made me think a lot lately about what, what might that mean or what might that look like and I, I do it myself I'll be, you know, if I'm on the train or something I'll, and if I l- spot someone who I think might be queer mm-hmm. it is oft, you know, it might be that they have something with their hair that mm-hmm. that you know, um, and I question myself about why is it that I am, what is it about that hair that I'm thinking looks queer and is it because, yeah, what is it? I don't really know the answer, but there's sometimes a a feeling or a sense of likeness there. One of the things that's important here um, and has been since the beginning is that... um, as the, in terms of open borders as a salon and a space, um, we learned quite quickly that um, it needs to be a space that anyone can come to regardless of how we might read them when they enter the space. So we're very explicitly not, well we try to be expressly not a LGBT project. Um, and the reason for that is because there are, well we've learned that there are lots of reasons why people find this space valuable and they may well be queer 
trans or LGBT in some way, but that might not be actually the primary thing that they find valuable about the space, or it might be sort of integral to other elements of how they experience um, public spaces or services elsewhere. And I remember very early on um, someone who still comes here for services who has transitioned um, when she first, very first came to the space, she was still, those were still questions in her mind. And I think she probably felt nervous entering the space, but I think she also seemed to detect that when she walked into the space, I or whoever looked over and sort of thought, oh, is that person in the right place? And she mentioned that to me and said, I think it's, you know, I think it's really important that um, when people come into the space that there isn't that, um, do they know what kind of place this is vibe? <laughs> and it, it taught me very quickly that anyone who walks into the space needs to be warmly welcomed, mm. regardless. And it also taught me that not all queer people are visible, not all trans people are visible, not all people are even aware of that for themselves. Um, so that that's part of it, is like that we don't have that sense of policing of the space, as like who's welcome here and who's not welcome here, who's safe here and who's a threat to the safety of this space. Like none of that should be present because we you know, as long as people are behaving appropriately in the space, then everyone's welcome. But also in addition to that, I think what you were saying before about hair and um I guess uh communication, that I do agree that I have a lot of clients who feel like they want their hair to communicate an aspect of their queer identity or uh, how they feel about their gender and sexuality but also I also have a lot of clients who feel like they just want to not have to think about that mm -hmm. they just want to be able to get the haircut that they like for practical reasons like mm -hmm. a lot of people want really short hair they don't they wish it didn't grow as quickly as it does but it does so they come back often and they just want it to keep tidy mm -hmm. we have some people who need to be able to tie their hair back for practical reasons or people who it's much more important about the feel and texture or um, the ease of it. Like even for like mental health and access reasons, sometimes people need to have low maintenance hair. And they might not necessarily have the look that they are most drawn to, but the styling of the looks that they like the most is too much for them. Um, so they have something that they feel is more comfortable for them. And it's all, that, all of those things and all the clients that we have have all taught me something similar to what Toddy was saying about um, if you like the, the idea or this assumption that um, if you identify as it as any, something other than female that you can't then have short hair or uh, um, if, or if you have long hair then that is an indicator of your gender I think that's the thing here is that um, so many of our clients want to have a hair style or length that doesn't necessarily conform to the stereotypes of the gender identity that they have, and they really want to find a way of being able to have that. So someone who has, who really wants to have long hair, but doesn't want to be read as female, like how can we reconcile that? So it's a constant collaboration really between us and the clients and finding out what their priorities are mm. um, and figuring out where they need flexibility in their lives. So sometimes they might be in an environment where they can queer up their hair a little bit more, but in another environment they need to passes more sort of normative or whatever and they, to feel comfortable in those spaces so some people who have like a side shave yeah. and they'll flip their hair over but yeah. then it's not gone high, so high that they can't part it the other way and then it sort of is disguised like the secret the undercut, undercut. Yeah. that's yeah. a really big one definitely so yeah all of those elements I think are part of the service that we're providing 
What I'm hearing quite a lot is that what people get here, as well as a haircut, is sort of like control over their body mm. um, in a way that they maybe didn't kind of have before. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something that um, the people who need this space uh, either maybe can't get somewhere else or that's something that they particularly haven't really been able to have kind of before without... So I think I think it's quite a common thing for people within the community, but you know, as as you mentioned, people outside the community as well, not feeling like you have control over yeah. your body. So how much of what you think Open Barbers does do you think is just about the cutting of the hair, and how much of it is something kind of else? I mean, I I don't cut hair, but what <laughs> I do what I do is I hear a lot of conversations. Um, I'm not trying to listen in, but it's really helpful to me. Um, and I have heard the stylists talking to the clients in a way that I have never heard in any salon ever before. And I've been to lots of hair salons in my life. Um, and a couple of them I've even quite liked and been happy with. And the people were lovely. But I've never heard conversations where the client is the one in control. And... So many times I do hear our clients saying, well, you know, do, do whatever you think will suit my face because that's what people are trained to say in, in um, hairdressing salons generally. They believe the stylist knows best and the stylist should do it. And yet so many times people walk out of a salon miserable about what's been done to their hair. Mm. Whereas here, I hear basically a haircut taking maybe three or four times longer than it might in a standard salon but that's because it's being done gently with ease by steps like making sure every single step of the way that the client is still happy and comfortable with what's being done I've heard questions like tell me what that means to you can you express that to me a little bit okay so for an example the length of my thumb is two inches is that what you mean when you say two inches or do you want less than that and these really beautiful caring almost balletic conversations <laughs> of, of how to cut hair that gives control back to the client and I see the clients visibly relax I read body language enormously and I see people come in and my first role is to welcome them and make sure that they're comfortable and I see them relax as they see me smile and they see my rainbows somewhere and they realize I'm also one of them and and they're safe in here and here the you know the the common denominator is is the assumption of queerness to a degree not not in a sense that you're you can only be here if you're queer but in the sense that it's fine to be queer and we ex- we almost expect you to be queer so don't worry about that bit and then as they get talked to by their stylist and eased through this this transformation i see like caterpillars turning into butterflies every day mm-hmm. you just see them relax and the lines on their faces drop down and the the, the eyebrows open up and their their eyes widen and their smiles come out and their shoulders drop down And it's this absolutely beautiful thing that I'm so blessed to be able to see every day. So I walk out of here knowing that I'm part of something that's making a massive difference to so many lives. Mm. I think like... um... 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Something that's interesting in terms of like being in the queer community is that you realise that a lot of the time it feels like the rest of the world is like upset because you're getting to do stuff that they don't get to do. (laughs) And I feel like going through the barbering learning process the past year and um, sort of like interacting more with barbershops and men's haircuts specifically cis hetero men um, who tend to get sort of like just kind of similar haircuts all the time no matter what barber you go to um, you, and you just realise that they, they don't even really a lot of them don't go into barbershops and kind of say or want anything they just sit and expect to be served and something is just done to them um, <clears throat> so I think a lot of people don't actually really think about what they want and their comfort or give themselves that space in their everyday lives whether that be in the barbershop or whether that even be in the salon um, and I think that's something that's really interesting about open barbers and what you said about this having to be a space that um, anybody can walk in and feel warmly welcome because I think that in and of itself as in, in the nature of like the industry is not a common feeling when you step Mm. into a salon I think you step into a lot of salons and feel quite intimidated Mm. because like you said the idea is that this person knows more about my head than I do Mm. Um, which isn't really true we just have a different language to talk about the stuff that's on your head Mm. Um, but yes I definitely think that um, that that being able to say what's in your mind or like ask a question or like acknowledge a nervousness about a high or a, this little bit of thing that you would maybe have to reconcile as like that must be best um, that's definitely part of the process I think people, a lot of people enjoy or being able to say like actually you can do what you want and I have nothing to say about it throughout this whole appointment 
Mm. Like I you said three to four times slower, but honestly braided a haircut in twenty minutes the other day, I was stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just gonna ask what do you do with your indecisive clients? <laughs> <laughs> but you have you have some, a solution for them as well. I think <laughs> that I often with people who appear to be indecisive, um, I actually think that in my experience there are some people who are there are a lot less people who are actually genuinely indecisive Mm -hmm. and it's more that you just have to ask lots of different types of questions so sometimes I'll say to people like I am here as a facilitator for you and I have a skill set which can facilitate a bunch of different things and I'm going to ask you lots of different questions and those questions will help me figure out what you might want and I've found that by asking enough questions or the right kinds of questions, people start to, what they want is in there somewhere. It's just mm-hmm. they've never had a chance to let yeah. it out before. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, so sometimes, you know, they might say, oh, I just want to trim. And so and then I might say, what does, what does trim mean for you? What does that word mean? And I've learned that, an inch means like a hundred different things <laughs> there are many versions of an inch so I always check with people when I say inch I think this and does that like Tolly was saying does that is that what inch means for you because inch can be loads of different things um, you've got to be really careful about that yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I found I think that um, after you know after going through lots of kinds of questions if it does if it's still after all of that there might be some people who just want you know, something simple and tidy, as Gray was mentioning, and then then sort of we'll go with that, but I find, like, my particular way of, of working often is asking lots of different types of questions and getting, sometimes getting quite specific about things, and I find that that helps people to um, draw out of themselves the things that they desire or the things that they need. They can... You know, by looking at it from a different perspective, they are able to to yeah. find those things that they want, and then they're like, "Oh, this is great!" Because now I can now I can describe. And then often, I think other people do this as well. I'll say to them at the end of the haircut, like, "I'll go over what I did." So I'll say, "Okay, so I went down to a grade two, and I took this much off the top, and this is the kind of edges that you had." So that then they know, right, that's what this looks like and that's how I describe that and then they can kind of go forward from there. Mm -hmm. So you're giving them the language that Mm -hmm. they might need to use somewhere else if they can't come here for some reason. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I think that's part of making people feel in control is so that they they can describe their own haircut in like hairdressing. Not that we're particularly stuck on hairdressing language, but, you know, it might make them feel good to know you know, if they come back, they're like, I want a grade two and I want mm-hmm. square edges and I want this, this and this. And then, mm-hmm. like, you're giving them back the, mm-hmm. the terms, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a shame that um, none of our colourists are here today. Actually, mm-hmm. Lady and Mabel do our colour services. They're so good. And they're yeah. amazing. Incredible. <laughs> hugely transformative as well sometimes in, in the look that they give people. And they spend a lot longer with the clients as well because the services are typically up to like six hours long but Tony also spends longer times periods of time (laughs) and you you can achieve like very big transformations Mm -hmm. with some services I just wondered if you had it yeah no I was really thinking about how as a person who works at Open Barbers before I started working here I was uh, a mobile hairdresser I worked in a couple of salons but 
most of the time I would go to people's houses and the reason I actively chose to do that as opposed to going back to the salon was because I realized that I really needed people to understand like what the autonomy inside of having control of your own body looks like and means and can be um, so coming to work in a place where like that was already a norm and that was already accepted I was like oh great like this is a place where we are challenging people as they come into the door but in the softest way possible because the challenge is to kind of be a bit more present with yourself and regardless of how hard or long or time consuming or uncomfortable the process might be it's always transformative in a way that isn't always about just your hair it's sometimes about traumas that you've experienced that you don't really have words for because you don't understand it as a trauma because sometimes you don't necessarily get the space to understand what your autonomy is um, and that's something that I think I can say about just the whole world in general um, we don't give ourselves and our children enough of the autonomy that they need to move through the world in a safer way um, and I think having a child myself also like really like solidified that fact so having like little trans babies, trans babies coming in here and <laughs> just being in awe already, you know, at age like five, seven, ten, just like, oh, oh my gosh, this exists, like this is real, like I can do what I want. And seeing that joy and elation and freedom and like, oh, okay, I'm here in their faces has just been wonderful for me. So I don't mind standing for six hours to do <laughs> a hairstyle that means you know someone can have a longer you know amount a long a length that they wouldn't necessarily <clears throat> always be able to have access to or even ask for um or just a cut that means okay we're going to be taking our time here or you know plaits whatever it is like <clears throat> I'm just always grateful that open barbers exists and that can happen in a way that is challenging but necessary if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, it's twelve o'clock, and also that was a really, I thought, like nice note to end <laughs> on. Yeah, like a good. Totally. Um, so, uh, admin, um, if people are d like for some reason hearing about open bars for the first time via this podcast, um, what? How do they? How do they book an appointment? What? What's the best way for them to do that? Through the website. Um, our website is www.openbarbers.com. Um, and it's really simple to just go onto the website. There's a big button that says book an appointment. It takes you through to all the services that we offer. There are some little descriptions or you can click through to read them more in depth and find out which stylists do which services and just book ahead. But there is just the one caveat I would say, and people never expect this, we are usually booked up very well in advance. Some of our stylists are booked up quite a few weeks in advance. Um, so but <laughs> plan plan accordingly you advertise cancellations though yes we we do advertise uh, next day or same day cancellations on facebook and twitter um and those also get snapped up really quickly mm -hmm. but yeah they're they're always there especially if you're local um or work in the area just you know grab them yeah. so are you, are you open barbers on twitter or yeah 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 and we also know that not everybody uses the internet or feels mm -hmm. confident with the internet so we would always try and assist people to book an yeah. appointment through contacting us in alternative ways um, pre preferably by email openbarbers at gmail.com because we, we would rather people get in touch and say I'm struggling with your website than give up 
um, but also you can get in touch with us on 07546017849, which is our Salon Mobile number. Um, so texting and calling on that number is fine as well. Um, yeah, like I say, we'd rather welcome a variety of different ways into meeting new people than um, making it too online-centred. Um, we also have a very limited number of home visit offers as well, so some clients um, can't get to the salon for access reasons. Um, so we have a scheme where once a, one day a week we try and save some space for home visits if needed. Um, so that's also an option. Great. Um, and then does anyone have any like personal projects that they want to plug? Do you want to advertise your band? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't even have it. We don't. We don't have music out at the moment. Yeah, our um, music is in the works. It's coming out. in the works. Yeah. Um, but I have a drag king. I've got a show this Saturday the 21st and next Saturday the 28th and the week after and the 3rd of October as well. This will be coming out after all of the shows. <laughs> okay, cool. How, how, how can people find out? Uh, do you have uh, are you on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, or? Mr. Wesley Dykes on all the things. Like Wesley Snipes, but Wesley Dykes. <laughs> if anyone ever gets the opportunity to hear Toby sing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am actually working on quite a few projects, which will mean that you all will be hearing me sing very regularly over the next couple of years. So, yeah, if people want to like follow on Instagram, uh, it's T O B I A D E B A J O. That's Toby Adibajo. Um, but yeah, I'm really into like sound healing and making soundscapes at the moment so <laughs> yeah we have um, another hairdresser who isn't here today called Meg who's in a band yes. called Meggie Brown uh, it's Meg's band um, but there's <laughs> other members in the band as well and they did uh, did they do the Green Man Festival oh, and yeah. they did Standing Calling Standing well. Calling mm. and other festivals yeah. this summer but they are um, you can find them on Spotify as well but they is awesome and they really have awesome. such a quiet gentle soul when they're in the salon and then you see them front in their band on they the go stage. wild <laughs> <laughs> wow my kids and I have known Meg for a while and my kids so. adore my youngest adores Meg um, and Meg is so calm and quiet and, and then we accidentally stumbled over Meggie Brown on I think YouTube and we actually pretty much fell off our chairs. <laughs> Next incredible Next stores year. it all up. Yeah. Mm. But I also just want to give a shout out to Tasleen and Richard and Lady and Mabel who aren't here today but who are very important members of the team. As well. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Anything else? Anyone else want to grab some extra Twitter followers? And Rachel the veteran. Rachel. Mm. Yeah. Of course, we have our um, floating open bar. <laughs> may well come back one day, but they're too busy conquering the world right now. Yeah. Um, Rachel Young is an incredible performer who's done a lot of work at Edinburgh Fringe this year mm. with her show Nightclubbing. Um, and she's been to New York and she's done all sorts of things with it. Um, she keeps saying she's going to come back <laughs> <laughs> when she can fit us into her busy schedule. Nightclubbing um, did so well. Yeah, mm. yeah she's, she's that person. <laughs> and uh, Graham Jones, who is yeah. writing books. Um, so Graham wrote a book, um, The Shock Doctrine of the yeah. Left, which you can go out and buy. Um, and I think Graham is currently writing their next book. So, yeah, I mean, basically, the salon is just full of <laughs> yeah. extremely talented. Very extremely talented people yeah. who think outside the box, extremely creative, and just cannot stick to one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for
for listening to this episode of the Coming Out Tapes. I have been your host, Karis Bradley, and I would like to say thanks to Scary Boots for the artwork, which is available to purchase on Redbubble, Michaela Moody for the music, and Alex Lathbridge of the Smart Material Collective for his support of the project. If you want to get involved, please tweet at us, because we'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and questions. If you liked this episode, subscribe and leave us a review, or recommend us to a friend, because it makes a big difference. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.